Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. Tonight, Ryan and I are going to talk about trade candidates and whether or not the Vikings should be shifting their attention from NFC North champs to NFC champs. So grab your Lake Monster beer, go order that badass wood art, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull! Hello, welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. Fresh off a of bye week, I feel refreshed. I'm ready to hit this season or the remaining part of this season, uh, pedal to the metal. And that starts not only with Sunday, but it starts with next two. Is it next Tuesday? I have my days all confused. I didn't even know what day it was. Today, the trade but I deadline it's, is Tuesday. It's three no, o'clock November Sunday. 2nd. Um, and so we're, we're going to get into that. Election I mean, We're going to start. What did you say? Isn't that election day? I think that's the 8th. Oh, that might be your problem. Yeah, it's normally first not, Tuesday in let, November. Let's not shift attention down that that path. We'll we'll, we'll stick with the Vikings here. <laughs> well, it's more entertaining. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the Vikings fresh off a of bye week where they somehow won, right? Like in the sense that Green Bay lost last week to the Commanders. Um, Detroit lost. I know the Bears won on Monday night and pulled pulled a win over the Patriots, but not concerned about them. So the Vikings win essentially on their bye week and mm-hmm. they're going to come home and they're going to face the Cardinals on Sunday. Now we're not going to talk and maybe too much. We should, maybe we should be a little worried about the bears. So, I mean, they're figuring it out and they, they well, brought us to like, they, I mean, we didn't like blow them out by any means in that game when we played them. So, so, so I mean, we, we had a big, we had a good win, but I mean, it wasn't I'll, a blowout or anything. So I'll agree with you on the sense that I don't know if we should like count out the bears for when we play them, I'm not concerned about them as NFC North competition. Like, well, I, I'm I hoping we have that, everything in the bag by the time we play the Bears. That's the <laughs> last game of the year. Well, that yeah. starts that starts with Sunday and next Tuesday. So let's we're going to skip past the game for Sunday. Uh, there's other shows that we'll talk about that, so you can tune in Dave's show on Saturday. We'll preview the Cardinals versus the Vikings. I'm sorry, Ryan. We won't get to talk about your boy Kyler tonight, but that's all right. Let's talk about he's going to be busy doing this anyway. Candidates. <laughs> Modern Warfare Two does come out this weekend, so the Vikings should be an essential lock for Sunday. But uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about some trade candidates uh, for for the Vikings. Uh, I know you had a huge list, and shame on me, poor hosting. Uh, I did not provide a list. I just poached your list. So thank you uh, for, for pulling up some names, but let's kind of go down that list. Uh, I, I like the way you separated it. You had some realistic uh, people we could go after and some unrealistic people that we could go over and, or go after. And uh, let's start with, with Kenny Moore from Indianapolis, who I'll just touch on. I went through and, and just pulled the team, how much their cap hit is, and then uh, we'll, we'll let you kind of take it from there. But from Indianapolis, cornerback, uh, under team control for another year. And his cap hit $6.75 million. Uh, what, what intrigues you about Kenny Moore? 
Yeah, he is. Uh, he would fill a position in need that we like that, that we have a huge need at. I mean, Shannon Sullivan in our slot corner is just not really cutting it. I mean, he's doing fine, I guess, but we could greatly upgrade in that in that role. Uh, and Kenny Moore has been one of the best slot corners over the past three four years, um, which is why he got the contract that he does have and the cap hit he does have, which obviously would cause uh, some issues for us, just given the fact that we are very cap strapped. So. To make that yeah. move happen, we'd have to offload some money, um, you know, make the deal work. But I mean, and, and honestly, the Colts hopefully aren't like, I mean, hopefully for us, they would be soured on him a little bit, but he, he's not having the greatest year. Um, now, I don't know if that's just due to the, the Colts having a down year defensively in general, um, if he's missing Matt Eberflus or not. Um, but traditionally, he's been one of the, one of the, if not the top, slot cornerbacks in the league uh, over the last three years. Um, I, I, I looked up the PFF numbers earlier. Um, I think he, in general, in coverage is grading out anywhere from like 65 plus uh, over those yeah. uh, over those years. Right now, he's not doing great. I think he's at like 48 or 49 or something like that. So definitely not great. But um, So he might be a candidate they're willing to part with just given the down year and hopefully a fresh start would allow him to um, get back to his old ways and um, again, he's, he's got inside out ability inside first, but if you need him to move outside, he can do it as well. Um, and, and he plays with a little fire, which, you know, I like, so and, yeah, and Pro well, Bowler last everybody, year. everybody knows that Ryan, his first trait for any player that that's on the Vikings, uh, or I guess Oklahoma, uh, is that they have that dog in them. So we just need to have that meme on hand. Uh, where it's like the X-ray chest, and it's just got the the dog meme right the dog. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's like my favorite one. <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out quick. I see we have a couple new subscribers joining us this evening, uh, David and uh, Patrick. So, so welcome to the show, Davi. Um, Davi. Oh, Davi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Davi. Um, I do like your. Uh, your suggestion there for Kenny Moore. And and I think it, the Colts are a tough team to gauge right now because I feel like the, the coaching staff is, uh, we have to win now. So I don't know if they're going to move anybody. Um, and ownership is probably like, let's get rid of all these fools and, and see what we can piecemeal together moving forward. But I have another name for you. Um, and I wrote about it the other week. It was actually last week with, um, with Daily Norseman, I, I had three trade targets, and one of them was uh, C.J. Henderson, who fans probably know from being a cornerback back in 2020, uh, picked by the Jags, only after a year was traded to the uh, to the Panthers. But now that the Panthers are kind of sucking as well, um, and look to be you know having a little bit of a fire sale, C.J. Henderson is a guy to me that could be had. Um, Unless yeah. they think he's a foundational piece, but I mean, they just traded away Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I was trying to find his PFF grade, but I, I can't find it off the top of my head. But I, I think he's doing fine. He is doing better than Chandon Sullivan this season. Um, he's under team control, rookie contract, uh, can play in the slot. He's physical. Um, yeah, again, but he's mostly I, I, I think an outside guy. I, he's mostly slot right now, I believe. I looked at his numbers, and they were only majority are on the outside. I could have swore it was in the slot, but regardless, I, I could think be that's wrong. 
a good a good trade candidate for the Vikings as well. Now, the one thing that we haven't really discussed is uh, compensation for some of these players. So, right, yeah, it's always and, it's always interesting, and, right? Yeah, yeah, and I wonder where like a, a guy like Kenny Moore would be, just given slot cornerback isn't as highly like touted as like an outside corner, um, and then mm-hmm. the fact that he does have a year of team control, um, but he's not a cheap candidate um yeah maybe oh we learned today we learned today if you just pay a little bit more from a draft pick perspective which philadelphia didn't even really pay more in my opinion but you can get that team that's trading you that that player to absorb some of that cap so uh and for those who don't know i'm referring to the philadelphia eagles trading a fourth round pick to the chicago bears for robert quinn and essentially not only is, is Chicago trading away Robert Quinn, but they're also absorbing all like all of his money for this year, all seven million. Uh, and so Philadelphia is getting a, a veteran pass rusher for vet men for a fourth round pick. So Howie Roseman yeah. uh, strikes again. Another reason not to worry about Chicago. He keeps winning though. <laughs> it's uh, Howie Roseman. He's just he just keeps winning. It, but hey, you know what? You know what? Um, you know why he's able to do that? Having a good, we're not, young, we're, deep quarterback. We're not going so, down so, yeah. We're not going so, I mean, it, 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 does, it does help, though. It does help. <laughs> no, so CJ, going back to CJ Henderson, yeah, I, I wonder what he would be um, from a comp perspective just because um, I, I do like that idea, Matt. Actually, I had him. I, I, I condensed that list I sent you by like 20 names because there were so many names <laughs> that I was intrigued by. Um, and he was one of them. Um, he has been playing a bit in the slot this year, but I think a part of that is just due to their lack of ability to fill that slot position. So they, they have a plethora of outside corners, uh, JC Horn and uh, Jackson is out there, Dante Jackson. Um, so CJ Henderson's the next best corner. So they're just kind of putting him there. Uh, traditionally, I think he would be profiled as an outside corner, but again, you can never have enough outside corners. And um, having I, that I ability like to bring some, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I I'm going to find out before the end of this show, but I do feel like primarily this season his snaps have been in the slot. But continue. yeah, I, Wrong. I, I think you're right. No, according to no. PFF, he's had 226 at the outside and 21 in the slot. Oh dang! I really, I really blew the blew it on that one. Yes. <laughs> either way, it's not the either way. Time. He would still like what you didn't blow Thanks, is Dave. the fact that he is a he is a good candidate to bring in. Honestly, like he does bring. I mean, um, a lot of talent that that we are sorely right. missing. Like, I guess we have talent on on defense at cornerback position, but it's young. Um, he has a he's established himself just a bit more uh, than like even a you know, most of our cornerbacks right now, obviously we have two solid ones and the rest are just kind of let's wait and see Evans and, and Booth, you know, we're trying to see what we have in them. Uh, so bringing in another young talented guy uh, for Donatel to get his hands on and hopefully mold into something great would be awesome. Um, so I, I, I don't hate the idea again, depending on the comp, uh, what that would cost. When I think if anything, if we, as Viking fans, if we've learned anything, it's that, you can never have enough cornerback depth, right? We thought that we were like, we had Xavier Rhodes, we had Trey Waynes, 
Terrence Newman. Yes, Mike, Colton you are Hill. correct. Um, and then they drafted Mike Hughes, and everyone's like, what the hell? And that was not too long ago, folks. And none of them are here. None of them. So For you can never truly reasons. have. Right. But you can still never have enough cornerbacks on on your roster. Let's switch gears here a little oh, bit. Still on the trade. Oh, if we're still talking corners, there's one I want. One that All I right. think would be the perfect fit. From the What's Broncos, here? you want Quan Williams. He's an older what? corner, 31. Yes. Plays the slot, right? That's what he does. He is very good at it. He's not great, but he's very good at it. A definite upgrade to Sullivan. And he would be able to walk in. The deal with any of these trades are knowing the system. Well, he just played for Ed Donatel. He knows the system. He could walk in and play that next weekend. Anybody else is not going to be able to. If we got anybody, and he's cheap, he's an old guy, but he's cheap, and you it'd only basically be a half-year rental, but if it gets us to the Super Bowl, hey, I'm all for it. That, mm-hmm. to me, would be the smart move if we're going to replace the slot or get a corner to play the slot, the route to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you did stick to the theme here, Dave, of where I was going to try and transition to. So I was going to talk about just Denver as a, as a whole. We've heard a lot of names come out of Denver, mostly due to the poor start uh, of the the Denver Broncos, right? They're two and five. They're in last place in the AFC West off of a Russell uh, Wilson trade this offseason. And there's a lot of names we're hearing about from them. Um, we've heard Bradley Chubb is on the trading block, potentially, if they lose on Sunday. Uh, we've heard Jerry Judy. We've heard, oh man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mispronounce this, so I'm not even going to try, but Albert O, their tight end. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that that poor on me. I, I should have I should have looked up pronunciation, but I didn't. Dave just mentioned Quan Williams, and then uh, a, somebody that I think we're both a, a, a fan of here, Ryan, and that I've even heard uh, our friend of the show Doogie Wilson Wolfson say uh, KJ Hamler. So a lot of different trade candidates from that that team. So yeah, and which, which even one like Dalton Reisner. Even Dalton Reisner, oh. who we we don't even like need anymore at this point in time, unless we're have like no faith left in Ed Ingram, which I don't think that's the case. Um, uh, even he is being floated over to potentially like the the Bucks um, to kind of help bolster that line. <laughs> but yeah. um, I I really like. I mean, obviously, a lot of these guys would be great targets, right? I mean, you know, I see a lot of comments uh, in the chat here about Judy. Um, a lot, you know, I, I'm the biggest fan. I like, if we were to take a swing, why wouldn't we go for Bradley Chubb? I mean, he knows the defense. Uh, and Dave, I will correct you here a little bit. Uh, Quan Williams actually played for the Niners last year. So he doesn't know Ed Donatel's defense, but to your okay, point, I'm wrong. he was, he was on my list. Mm-hmm. So I, I am fully on board with grabbing him because, and actually I saw an article. Ryan wants him. He would. He would be a target for us to go grab. I saw an article on like ESPN or something. Uh, but going back, Bradley Chubb knows this defense. He's an elite. Well, maybe not elite, but he is one of the top end pass rushers in the league. Um, and and he knows how to play a three four actually, right? Like 
Daniel Hunter's still figuring that out, right? So we have a guy who actually knows how to play in that system and can play that position effectively. And, you know, I know some concern would be, you know, well, why, why would we do that? We already have Sidarius and, and Hunter. We're, we're not getting pressures, not nearly at the rate that we need to with this young secondary that we have behind us and the talent in the secondary behind us. So we need to get more pressure. So if that means that you got to kick Zedarius Smith in only on pass rush situations um, and, and kick him into the inside, like that's okay. We can do it. We can do that. Um, very good point, Tim. Quasey uh, probably does know Quan Williams from his 49er days. Um, so so I, I really like that. Judy, now on the other hand, I, we do need a wide receiver. I think uh, you know we, we could deeply – benefit from having another top end receiver. I'm, I'm not sold on Judy. Um, I, I know that, you know, people in the chat are excited about, you know, the prospect of getting him, which I, we all know is probably unrealistic, but if we were to get him, right. Get all the 2020 uh, wide receivers, man, all the first. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd rather go for CD. <laughs> yeah, and have Jerry a payday do at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Um, Judy for me Still a very, very good route runner, very good separator, but he like he had a really bad rookie year when it came to just drops. I think he had like 12 or 15 or something ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, while he's gotten better, um, he's still, I mean, he's still dropping the ball this year. I mean, I've seen, I, I've seen just a few of these Bronco games where I'm like, oh, there's a big play and, and I'm watching intently because I have him on a couple fantasy teams. Um, yeah. and, and, and he's dropping the ball and you're like, what the heck? I think I saw like a stat and I'm reading it here. One of every 5.7 catchable passes he's dropping right now. So that, that, I mean, over his career, I should say over his career. So, and granted a big number of that happened his rookie year, of course. Right. But, um, e- even still, uh, even if you take out that rookie year, I think it's still one of every 5.3 catchable targets. So we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're, he's great at getting open, but if he can't catch the ball and again, part of that might be just the quarterbacks and all of that too. I mean, there's other factors that factor in, um, would he be an upgrade from Thielen? Absolutely. I just think that there's better receivers potentially out in the market that I'd rather have like a, maybe a Chase Claypool or maybe uh, an Elijah Moore. Um, granted Elijah is a very different skill set, but I think that he would be a very fun and interesting guy to bring onto the team if, if uh, the Jets are willing to let him go. Yeah, I so I, I still think that in and uh, the other thing too. So you, you, my mind's going in a, a thousand different uh, places right now. So I'll go back to your Bradley Chubb comment first. Um, it may cost a lot to get Bradley Chubb, and you may be swinging for the fences. But here's what you're doing with a move like Bradley Chubb. You're setting yourself up for the future, right? We know that Zadarius Smith, his deal here can be two years. It's essentially a one-year contract. Um, the Vikings can get out of it fairly easy after this season, and I'm not I'm not suggesting that they're going to. But it, when we look at cap space, like he is. but if you look at cap space into the off season, he's a potential candidate to to be gone um, or restructured, extended, whatever. But bringing in somebody like Bradley Chubb gives you options and it prepares you for the future. And when when we look at the wide receiver position as well, uh, which they need to address pretty badly, I would say. And it's not to suggest that 
Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne aren't good. I think they are, but they're not that that one B to Jefferson that we need. We, we've talked about it on previous shows, right? It's not the Thielen Jefferson, the Thielen Diggs that we used to know. It's it's different now, and so I right. do think if if they traded for for Jerry Judy, I'd be happy with it, right? I think yeah. everybody would. I'm not going to sit Absolutely. here and, and be like, oh, well, I mean, we're highlighting some of the drops and some of the reasons that we may be higher on others than, than Judy, but we'd still be happy if they traded for Jerry Judy. But I still think that KJ Hamler, to me, in a name that we continue to hear is, is just, is more, you know, I, I, speci- I personally am, am more attracted to that trade candidate, uh, than I am Jerry Judy. And I think that KJ Hamler's ability to stretch the field, his speed, which is something that Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell loves speed with his offense. It's very clear thus far early in the season. Right. Um, And so I I just think KJ Hamler uh, would be, would be really good. He's super efficient at, at uh, yards after the catch. And so is Jefferson. And so those two could just, I think they could really complement each other He's cheaper than Judy. Um, he could probably be had at a lesser cost than Judy. I think yep. KJ Hamler, if I'm trading for a wide receiver from the Broncos, is probably my my preference. But uh, you did mention some other ones. Uh, if if we move over to the Jets, the Jets also kind of have a a logjam at wide receiver as well. I, I mentioned that article I wrote for Daily Norseman. I suggested Corey Davis out of that out of that group. Now that contract's going to be a little bit more expensive uh, than maybe Elijah Moore or Denzel Mims. But uh, what do you think about just the the logjam at wide receiver for the Jets? Are there anyone in specifically that that you would prefer out of those three? Yeah, I mean, obviously Elijah Moore is a top guy, right? That's who you would want because he's young. He's shown to be extremely talented and and very efficient uh, after the catch as well, like you were saying about Hamler. Not quite as fast as Hamler, but still can can run pretty well. Um, so I, I'm that that would be my number one choice. Now, realistically, they probably aren't going to give him up, and if they do, it's not going to be for cheap. Uh, where like a Denzel Mims, you know, you you can you can probably have him for cheap now. Again, what's the point of trading for a receiver? It's to get a guy that's probably going to be better than Thielen, right? That like that's yeah. what we're probably looking for. Where Hamler, I, I can maybe see just at least from like the perspective of he brings a different element that we don't have. Uh, you know, and that's what a Skull Tya Catch eighty four is saying is you know he would bring that speed. Um, that's right. just, that, that's something that none of these guys that we're talking about, he, he, he would be the fastest of the bunch of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not only the fastest, but also the twitchiest, which is also a, like a huge thing. Um, so I don't think Hamler becomes the one B to Jefferson, but I do think he becomes a very strong complementary piece to add to the chain moving yeah. Thielen, to add to the intermediate KJ and to add to the all around, um, all around Jefferson. What oh. one uh, one comment I would really oh, go ahead, Dave. But uh, there's well, a one comment say, I want to talk about quick. If we get a speedster that can take the top off, that that'll take that requires the attention of at least one of the two safeties. Yeah. That means 
he's going to draw that, and Justin Jefferson's going to get less double and triple team because they've got to pay attention to him. We do know Kirk Cousins can throw the long ball with absolutely beautiful accuracy, right? So if we're going for a wide receiver, I yes, I would like one that has got speed, and that yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Ryan, were you going to so, were you going to talk about the Claypool one? No, actually, I was going to talk about. Uh, so Nathan G in our comments here had mentioned, you know, Clancy could cost the Vikings a chance at an amazing season. Look at what the Eagles are doing, you know, spending draft capital. If Vikings can make room by renegotiating contracts and signing bonuses, so I, I'm going to push back on that comment real quick because um, once once you once you once you finish your thought on that, go into Chase Claypool. Will do. Will do. Um, I, I want to push back on that comment real quick because traditionally that's what the Vikings have done. And honestly, that's why we're in a bad cap situation right now and where we can't get out of certain contracts of underperforming players because, or we can't trade them because we did renegotiate. We did uh, convert their um, salaries into signing bonuses and, and, and were to able to push money down the road. Um, I mean, you take a look at Thielen, you take a look at Harrison Smith, Great guys who are doing just fine, like, but like, is Thielen playing up to his contract right now? Probably not. Like, and not saying he's playing bad, he's playing fine, but, but I don't think he's playing, you know, what is it, 12, 13 million dollars good. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we, we can't get out of his contract this year or next year. Like, we would take so much dead money. Same with Harrison Smith. We are stuck in that contract. Again, he's playing great. I'm not saying he's playing awful or anything. It's just, we're stuck in these contracts. So you take a look at the two contracts we can restructure. Eric Kendricks, again, I don't think you want to do that right now. I'm not saying he's playing poorly, but he's aging. You can tell he's declining a little bit. And it's not a player that I'm really looking to be locked into for another two, three years, um, like yeah. guaranteed locked into. Um, and then I forget the other the other player, but it's another aging that I'm drawing a blank on who it is. Uh, but he he's another guy where we can uh, lock ourselves in, but now we're stuck with him for a, a while longer. So I, I just don't like that idea of kicking the can down the road. Now, there's ways to open up cash. There There's going to be ways to do that. Uh, but I don't think renegotiating these contracts or, I guess, uh, restructuring these contracts is the right move. Uh, going into Claypool real Going into Claypool real quick. Um, he's going to be a player that also provides that speed. Now it's a different kind of speed than KJ, um, where it's more of a build-up speed. Uh, but he's a massive dude, and he can run routes through the middle, and he can take a hit, and he can block really well. Which again is something that we're probably looking for out of our receivers to do better because I don't think they're doing a great job. They're not doing bad, but they're you know you know they're not doing great. Um, so having that ability to have a player with that sheer size and strength and, and, and he's shown to be a very capable receiver. I mean, I think his rookie year, he had a handful of touchdowns and, and like 900 yards. So, um, and, and they, they have a log jam, not a log jam, but they're, they're three deep over there at, uh, you know, with the, with the, uh, Steelers and, but they're just not ready to compete right now. Pickett's still mm -hmm. growing and stuff, and I don't know if Claypool's going to make it through this mini rebuild that they're doing. So it might be smart for them to get rid of him. And again, he's not going to be cheap. He'll be slightly less expensive than like a Judy, uh, but I still think that you know, cost a penny to get him. 
Uh, but I, I, I like that prospect maybe a little better just because he provides size that we don't have. Uh, even at tight end, we have a we have a tiny tight end in in Irv Smith. Even right, he's like six three. So, um, yeah. so having a six five receiver that's two thirty something pounds and still runs a four three eight four four or something like that, um, I, I like that as a prospect. No, I, I, I'm with you. I, I saw your your whole list of of trade candidates, and I was like, could be sold on almost all of these people. Um, I would love Gusecki so, from the Miami, from the Dolphins, but they're not going to trade him. They, I, they actually, I think they're trying to move him actually really? because they're so, not using him, and they need more of a blocking tight end, and he doesn't do that at all. Right. Um, so I think they are trying to trade him, but uh, again, you know, what I mean, Gusecki's probably better than Irv, but I don't know if he's substantially better to give up draft capital for him. But I do. I, he was again. He was another guy that was on my list before I trimmed it down uh, as somebody let we me, can go for. Let me let me float. Um, hey Mason, welcome to the show. Here from hey, the one. Did you, Dave? Did you pump us up from on on that show tonight? One bar did absolutely. Hell yeah, we love that. Cheers. We love we love that. Yeah, my, and, and just out. like just like on uh, the final score, our post game show, I pump up go. Join your favorite, you know, post game show because we go early and we come off relatively early. And what do I say? I'm going to go watch one bar in Lupicus. <laughs> Guys, they're fantastic. If you haven't awesome. watched them, they're fun. They're just a couple fans I, I having a great time talking Minnesota Vikings, just like us. Uh, Matt, well, I, I do want to say one la- one quick thing before you get to your next point. Here is, aren't you proud of me that? Yeah, aren't you proud of me that out of all of those candidates I mentioned, not one was from Oklahoma? I am. <laughs> so, okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll give you your chance then. I'll give you your chance. You can trade realistically, right? We're not going out and trading for Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts or Joe Mixon. Yeah, I would say Jalen Hurts would be the guy probably. Um, um, realistically, give me I, – I, I think I know who you'd pick, but realistically give me uh, – Give me one Oklahoma player that you would trade for at the deadline. Another another guy, by the way, from from one bar, uh, Captain Cocktail. What's up, guys? Come back next week. Fire up these comments. We love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really loved. I get just seeing people coming in from all over. I mean, I appreciate all the love because you know we watch your stuff too, and we hope that you come in and, and watch our stuff. Uh, it's always great. Um. In terms of like realistic players, right? Like we can't get Creed Humphrey and we can't get, yeah, like you said, and we're not going to get any like rookies or CD Lamb or anything like that. Um, Jordan, I mean, he's not, it, they're not going to get rid of him, but Jordan Phillips uh, from uh, the Bills, he is playing incredibly mm. well right now. Um, and he is just yeah, a wrecking ball on the D line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a wrecking ball on the D line. Uh, Kenneth Murray is actually probably somebody that might be available just because he has underperformed a bit um, at the linebacker spot. And we will need heir apparents to Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks at some point. So uh, maybe maybe one of those Asimo guys. Asamoah is one of them. Uh, Asamoah is one of them, yeah. I was going to think – or I was going to say that you, you'd you want us to trade for Creed Humphrey. So you called it yeah, unrealistic. I mean, obviously, so I'll, I'll let you Obviously, go. it's not realistic, one. yeah. Before we talk about uh, just – the shift from NFC North to NFC champs, potentially. Well, um, we just talked about trades. I want to warn everybody. 
because we're talking about trades and we've had rumors and Doogie's put out stuff and Judd's put out stuff and everybody's putting out possibilities, don't get your hopes up, folks. Most likely we'll go through Tuesday and you won't hear a peep. Quasi's making calls. Yes, he should be. He's the GM. That's his job. But don't be surprised if we get to Tuesday evening and there's been no moves by your Minnesota Vikings because that a is lot of, normal. A lot of trades are talked about but never come to fruition. So so we will see. Um, there, there was one last trade candidate I was going to bring up. Um, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. We're not talking about a potential Kyle Rudolph reunion. Yeah, I'm good. When did that come up? I'm glad I'm I missed saying. it. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> he, I the mean, he's, he got beat out by like a rookie tight end and like fourth round tight end. And granted, Kate Ott and I did like and wanted us to pursue in the draft, but like, uh, I just I don't know if he has anything left in the tank. But it would be like a good story, yeah. I guess. I I think I think I think two things. I think three things. It's a feel good story. We all love that. Mm-hmm. We need tight end depth, right? I, I I think I think Kyle Rudolph would do fine. We, we're not asking him to play every snap on the offensive side. Uh, he he'd probably play sparingly. He'd play more than he's playing in Tampa, but he'd play sparingly. In three. He's a great community guy. Like, end of the day, if if the if the only trade the Vikings made was to bring Kyle Rudolph back for like a seventh round pick, sign me up. I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in on this season, yeah. which is why I want to talk about that we should be shifting expectations into this back half of the second season. We started off Vikings Happy Hour. Week one with a reefus on at Lake Monster Brewing, which, by the way, shout out to our sponsor, Lake Monster Brewing. This Saturday, they have. Do you have a Do you have a a promo to put on the screen, Dave? I do not. Sorry about that. Oh, I can put up well, their label. I mean, Lake Monster Brewing. This Saturday, know, they have ahead, the Monster Bash, and if you want, I can find it. We have. It's good, man. Let's see. What's going to happen Saturday is they have their Monster Bass. Starts at noon. Music yep. starts at 1. Um, and they have five different bands. They have a DJ in between. They have six different beers back in their cask cave. They've been experimenting, and they've got it ready to go. They have their normal stuff on tap, right, from the yes. hot cider to the depth charge to all the all your favorites and it's, it's going to be so be good an absolutely great time and what not better to go saturday get all primed up make memories have a good time talk about your vikings and then sunday hit the game by the way 63 degrees and sunny on saturday if you want to talk mm-hmm. about like a top 10 weather day <laughs> for the for minnesota it's that right there Late October, 63 degrees, sunny, beer. I might have to go. I might have to go. But anyway, back to the conversation. So we talked about at the beginning of the season with with Arif Hassan that the Vikings were being slept on. Mm -hmm. And that I think 
a majority of us felt that they should at least be in the conversation for the NFC North. We are five and one going into week. Is this week eight already? Holy yes, crap. This season's eight. flying by. Uh, going into week eight. Mm-hmm. And they have a two and a half game lead in the NFC North. They are one of five teams in the NFC above 500. Uh-huh. And when you think about, so, so I'm going to list these teams for you for a second. Philadelphia, 6-0. Right. Giants, 6-1. Vikings, 5-1. Cowboys, 5-2. Seahawks, 4-3. Now, no one, if you would have told anybody that at this point, no one would have thought that was what, what the top five teams would be. But what this I want to point weird, out here weird season. is, so they have the two-and-a-half game lead in the NFC North, but they also, this is the perfect year to play the NFC East. Right. Normally the NFC East is garbage. There's one good team, three bad, but this is the perfect season to play them because we still have to play the Giants. So you can potentially get ahead of them if you win that game. And that's in week nine. You still have to play the Cowboys. Yeah. Both of these are, I think, are at home Cowboys and the Giants. Yep. Yep. Week 11 versus the Cowboys at home. Ryan, I, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at the NFC East. Why can't this team be the number one seed in the NFC? Yeah, I mean, I, I Come don't know. Come on, buy in. I, I, I'm sorry. I've like, I, I been, been very, very positive this whole season, which I haven't usually been over the last couple of years. I, I, I'm not ready to commit to that. I, I, I think we can be a good high no. seed. I just, you know – it depends. Part of what this is part of this is you're you're right. There is a chance because if you look at I think it's like I can't remember the numbers, but like seven of the final however many teams we play, um, their quarterbacks are just like yikes, right? Like you, well, so you look at I the quarterback about. matchups we have, well, like we have a really good chance to like let, stamp let me list our those opportunity. Off for you. Yeah, please. Taylor Heineke. Which which actually, I'd rather play Carson Wentz probably, but yes, I, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Okay, Taylor Heineke, we're gonna play him next week after the Cardinals. Uh, Mac Jones, maybe Bailey Zappi if he's the starter at that point. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but one of those two, Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, newly announced starting quarterback for the Colts, Sam Ellinger, <laughs> Daniel Jones, and Justin Fields. Yeah, so I mean that that's a lot of opportunity to take advantage. Now, granted, like some of those teams have great defenses, right? Like I mean, you mm-hmm. you watch the Cowboys get to five and one with Cooper Rush, right, uh, or five and two or whatever it end up being, but um, with a really good defense. So I mean, you know, you, some of these teams are going to be cakewalks by any means, but um, you have a very good opportunity to, to to put your best foot forward. And then you do have that chance that I guess the NFC East destroy each other a bit, right? Like the, the Eagles are – when the Eagles play the Giants, somebody's got to lose. When the Cowboys play the Eagles again, somebody's got to lose again and, and so on. So, you know, there is a chance. I, I don't think that there's anybody outside of the NFC East that is better than us right now. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anyone outside the NFC East better than us right now. So – you know, there's definitely a chance. I'm just not going to hold my breath because it's the Vikings, and uh, and we're going to find our 
Sal's playing a Buffalo 20, what was that, 2018, 2019 team that uh, Josh Allen hurdled us and stuff. Yes, uh, and but we're, we were, we're expected have a bad to win game. that one. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Is like we're going to have a game where we're expected to win, and somehow we just choke it away somehow, right? And, and you know, hey, man. I, maybe that's just a Minnesota fan in me, and I probably should let that go. Um, but this team, I, I'm very optimistic. I am. It, until you know, proven think, otherwise, until proven otherwise, this team is a bend don't break type of team, and we we don't have any other than our preconceived notions from previous regimes. We don't have any reason to truly doubt this team. Right. I think we're. I think. I think we're. And, and maybe this is just the fan in me, the optimist in me, as you always say, but. This team is five and one. Like, yeah. we can't just sit here and be like, "Yeah, I don't know, man." Like, they're five and one, and your record but, is but, what you what but, you are. But let's also put the context into it. Yes, we are five and one, and that's all that really matters. But where we are the people in the game, chat? They're we needed to be a game winning drive here. against Detroit to win. We needed a but game winning drive against. Um, yes, we're winning. That's uh, we're we finding are ways That's to win. Thing. You're right. We are finding ways to win, but when we're having to do game-winning drives against bad teams to win games, like it's not like we've gone in and 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 manhandled a bunch of really good teams. Like we squeaked by the Saints when they were. Pl- I mean, who who was quarterback that game? Dalton. Andy Dalton. Um, we we squeaked by the Lions. We squeaked by what Spencer Thompson slash Teddy. Dolphins, right? Like it's not like we're like manhandling these teams like the Eagles have been doing and like the Cowboys have been doing. Um, so I'm just not 100 percent sold. But at the same time, to your point, we're winning games, and at the end of the day, that you just need to find ways to win. It doesn't matter if it's ugly. Thank you, Skull Tya Catch 84. Somebody is on my side. Um, <laughs> here, here's 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 my counterpoint to that. Um, and yes, I am always an optimist. Uh, look back at every every episode on this show last season. Just you don't have to watch the whole thing. Just go to the end, and I'm always telling these these two that that we're going to win on Sunday. But <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm not a realistic person as well. Like I understand th- some things, but what I want to point out is we don't know still who a lot of these teams are. So I think. And, and the point I'm trying to make here is when we look back last season, fans were devastated that we lost to the lowly Bengals week one in Cincinnati. Right. How could we lose to the Bengals? How could we lose to them? They're now considered a powerhouse in the NFL, and it's only been a year, a year and like a month. So yeah. the the book is still out on a lot of these teams. And I know we're saying like, we had to have a game-winning drive against a bad team. I don't think we know if they're a bad team yet. Like, when we look at the Lions, okay, maybe the Lions is, is a poor <laughs> poor, <laughs> a poor example, but when we look at the Saints, okay, maybe another poor example, but you yeah, get what I'm I mean, trying to say here. That's what I'm saying. It's like, again, we're winning games, and that's all that matters, and we just got to yes, keep doing that. Yes. The litmus test will be, how do we perform against the Bills? Because that's yes. the class of the NFL right now. How do we perform against the Cowboys? How do we perform against the Giants? And and how, can we go to Lambeau Ryan, 
and stick it to the, the Packers. And as long as we keep beating the teams we should be beating. Oh, I should I should turn right. the other way. Did you say the Bills? The Bills. Oh, come on. The Bills, yes. Hey, there's a Dude, Vikings these- win over there somewhere. Yeah, well, the the problem is is that it's a two for one here. So I sh- I should really have another Viking jersey up there somewhere, uh, but I think I'd rather have the red Bills. Oh my god, I almost fell out of my chair. I, I think I'd rather have the the red <laughs> Bills jersey up there. Well, I'm not. I just haven't poured another glass. Um, well, you need to pour one. Well, I answer Davi's question. Yes, Davi. All right. I grew up a Deadhead. Been to five concerts for the Dead. The fifth one was uh, Jerry Garcia with special guest Bobby Weir in the Midnights. Um, I love them very much, very much of my youth and growing up. There's nothing like the Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead. Yeah, I don't know much about them, but, you know. Uh, um, classic. Absolutely cutting edge. Just wonderful music came out of Hate Ashbury, San Francisco, back in the '60s. Originally a word of Warlocks, and uh, changed their name to Grateful Dead, and they had one of the biggest followings in the world. They would travel all over the world. I had folks that uh, went to the concert when they played in front of the pyramids at Giza. I had albums, tapes, the whole works. They loved their fans. Their fans loved them. It was outstanding. Very much yeah. into LSD and other drugs, that sort of time period. <laughs> well, great. we uh, had a, we, we had a comment in the in the section here that just popped up on the screen. I don't see it on my on my sidebar here, but um, the Bills are going to blow our socks off. I think was the comment made. Um, maybe they, they easily uh, can, quite. and that that will that will tell us ex- uh, blow our pants off. Okay, uh, that would that will exactly tell us where we are as a team. If we can even – I'm not even saying beat them. We don't have to beat the Bills, but can we hang with the Bills? Can we put up a fight, even if we lose by 10 points, but that yep. – you know, it was a field goal to seal the you – know, whatever, right? Like that's okay. Like I'm okay with that. That will be the litmus test. The Bills game will tell us a lot about who we are as a team. And now if we can hang with them, I have a lot of confidence that we can take this to a one or two seed in the NFC. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, and I think we talked about it briefly last week, and we'll get more into it maybe next week, um, though we'll be missing one of the quarterbacks. But there's, we talked about the, the seven quarterbacks that we're going to face that are not very good, right, or are at least average to below average quarterbacks. There are three, what I would consider, well, I'd consider one elite. I would I would consider the other two very good Uh Maybe in the, I, I'd put him in the Kirk Cousin range. Kirk Cousins range, I would say. We got Kyler Murray on Sunday, which does scare me to a certain degree. Even though Dan alluded to it in the comments, um, I thought I saw that. Yeah, yes. it was in there. Well, Call of Duty on Sunday. Uh, That's right. So Kyler Murray. Modern not Warfare Two. The the bad thing is it doesn't come out till Friday, so he's probably watched film this week. Uh, it's really who's going to play next week is probably. Who's going to benefit the most? Hopefully, he's but tired from playing all night. Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and and Josh Allen. Those are the three quarterbacks that I'm really. I don't want to say concerned because I'm I'm not concerned until I see how they perform. I guess uh, I think Sunday will be a good example versus Kyler Murray. 
we historically have struggled against scrambling quarterbacks. And if week two versus the Eagles is any indication of how this team is going to perform against another scrambling quarterback who is not close to the same level of play that Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts, I would say, is like, this is doing an injustice to to Jalen Hurts, but a poor Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got that, like, Jalen Hurts is is a strong runner when he tries when he tries to scramble, um, and he doesn't nearly have the arm talent that I think Josh Allen does. But I do think they have very similar traits. Kyler Murray's on the other side of that, where he's a he's a shorter, but God, he's so fast. Like he is, I, 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 I'm really I'm really curious to see how this defense handles that. What I'm and what I'm it, excited for is that they hadn't fired Cliff Kingsbury yet because that dude. <laughs> you is think this will really, be the game? No. Well, maybe if we blow him out, maybe here's the thing, Kyler. If you put Kyler on that Eagles team, that Eagles like I there's that team's gonna win, in my opinion. Like I don't get me wrong, I love Jalen Hurts, but Kyler's a running ability and his arm talent is It's it's better than what Jalen Hurts can do. Um, All right. I think he's held back significantly by his coach and he's still the coach and he's still calling plays. And I think that's going to, that that's why the Cardinals aren't as good as they should be in my opinion. All right. Well, I mean, I think, I think that the, the point still stands, right? Kyler Murray's still a good quarterback. And if, yeah. if we learned anything from this season, right. And last season, I think there was a, a, a pretty solid game. You can never, even as poorly as this team plays, the Cardinals, you can never truly count them out. They've they've had a lot of comeback wins, and, um, and they produced over as, forty points last week. As long as Kyler Murray is the quarterback, I I, I think the the defense has has their work cut out for him. We talked about Josh Allen. We talked about Dak Prescott. I think you, you called it out, Ryan. That's the litmus test. We need we need to really see how they perform against those people. Um, and that'll tell us who this team is. And that's all going to happen in these next five weeks. And yep. um, the only thing and I'll hopefully say our is defense just, gets better and hopefully our offense is gelled more like that week off will really help all of these guys I agree. as, you know, at, you know, reset and retool and re-understand things. Um, and hopefully they're just a little bit more mentally prepared because again, as Luke uh, alluded to a couple weeks ago, a lot of our issues are mental. A lot of our issues are communication, and they had a they had a whole week to just take time to do that, right? And take yeah. time to understand that. So I think um, I, I hopefully we we see that, and hopefully the um, the results speak for themselves against this tougher competition we're about to go against. Absolutely, um, Dave. Do you have one last thought before we close it? Yeah, it's time to strive and not just survive. This is the time of year when teams step up and make their push. The Vikings need to do that. They just not – we've spent the last few years going, well, if we win this one, we could still be in it, I feel. Now, let's break away. I can't, this is the time to break away. Wait for the the playoff pictures to come out on NF, on like Fox and stuff, and you're like, well, if you steal this one and you – you can get there, then we can be the number two seed. And then the playoff machine comes out on ESPN and you just start plugging in different scenarios. And <laughs> well, it's what's a fun amazing time. T- well, what's amazing too, is that 
the three other best teams in the NFC are in the NFC East. Yep. Right. So like only one of them can be a top four seed and then the other two have to go into five and six. Right. Um, so that'll help us. But also I was listening to good morning football today. Nobody's talking about us. Like Kyle Brandt's trying to, he's trying to bring us up and bring us into the conversation, but nobody's talking about us. They're all Mike on Zimmer the Giants. They're all on the Giants. They're all on Brian DeBall. They're all on Jalen Hurts and, and, and the Eagles and the Cowboys and how they're it. We aren't hearing a peep about us, which is great. Like, and uh, who was Jared Allen was on there today. And he was yeah. basically like, that, that's right where they want to be. They don't want to yep. be talked about because they, and then there's no expectations and you can keep quietly keep doing your work and, um, and you don't have a lot of outside noise. So hopefully we can keep that up. Hopefully we got another win on our belt here on Sunday. I'll be taking my son um, to the game and uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be cheering on the Vikings. So let's, let's get into that quick before we round out the show, just some predictions. Um, sorry. My face is probably super illuminated because uh, I'm just staring at the spread here. We opened at five and a half favorites, and right now we are three and a half. So let's start with that. Ryan, what do you think for Sunday's game? Uh, that's uh, So I think the over-under is around like 49, 49, 50 points. The over-under is there. 49, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say we win this one. I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout because I think both defenses are a bit weak. I picked us to lose last year, and I, maybe I cursed us because we missed that field goal when we should have won. But we're in our house, and when I'm there, we, we tend to win, and we're loud, and we're rowdy, and we're fresh off a bye. Um, I'm going to say we have a good 35 to 27 win. Ooh, I like it. Big uh, high scoring. Game. So High scoring, Ryan's saying, put these players in your FanDuel lineups, folks. <laughs> um, and for those here in the chat, by the way, fire off your predictions. I want to see them. I want to see how confident this fan base is in a victory Ooh, on Sunday. 38-17. Yeah, Davi's got it right there. Yes, let's go. Dave, what do you think for Sunday? Um, I think they score over 30 and uh, defense keeps them under 20. Let's go. Oh, there you go. Um. Why don't you fire up? So, like I said, we, we, we're we trying to do this every week. Uh, we're going to have to do some duplicates eventually here. But we want to get a media member from the, the Twin Cities area to give us their prediction every week. We've had Arif Hassan. We've had Matthew Collar. We've had Luke Braun. We've had Judd. I'm missing a couple. We've had Judd. Judd. Uh, this week, it's Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros, from Score North, previously from Roto World and NBC Sports. Thor, what do you think? This is Thor Nice from a Betting Pros and Fantasy Pros and the Score North Show, before we die, coming to you with my Vikings-Cardinals prediction. I got good news and bad news for you. The bad news is I'm going to take the Cardinals plus three and a half points in this game. I feel like the Vikings have been playing with fire throughout this season, have either allowed opponents to stay close, closer than expected, or needing to come back from behind and win the game at the end. So the three and a half points is a bit of a bridge too far, especially when you consider the Vikings as defense issues with mobile quarterbacks in the past. And my pessimism about Ed Donatel in terms of schematic adjustments 
that could potentially address that in-game if it becomes problematic. However, here is the good news. I do think the Vikings pull this thing out. We've seen them over and over overcome circumstances, come back against a myriad of different opponents, or pull the game out late. So I'm going to take the Vikings all right in this one, in a close one, but take the points with the Cardinals on the spread. Let's go, Thor. Let's that go. That is what I'm talking about, man. Man, I thought he was all negative. Me? I was about to text him and be like, get the hell out of here. And he comes in with, uh, we're going to win by one or two points. I, I try not to watch those before uh, before they air because I want to like I want to be surprised at what they say. And I was like, damn, Thor, I wouldn't have picked you if you were going to just be a negative Nancy. <laughs> but here he comes at the last second. Gets us oh, back in it. Thor Nystrom. Thank you, friend. Um, that's an interesting take by him, by the way. The, the Cardinals so, cover, so he's but the Vikings saying, win. Well, if it's a three and a half point spread, that means that we can win by three points. Which that's I true. Mean, that that's pretty common. I right? guess that's on par for the season. Yeah. So yeah. he is a smart guy. If you, if you don't follow Thor on on Twitter or his work anywhere, you should really check it out, especially for the college perspective. He's amazingly talented. Um, not only in season, but also with his with his draft analysis as well. I am also going to pick the Vikings. I can't not pick them. Um, I, I'm on the hype train. Uh, I think I'm I'm almost leading it at this point. I'm almost at the in the conductor uh, in a in a conductor cap, just leading the leading the charge here. But I think the Vikings win pretty convincingly. I think you remember that Raiders game a couple years back. Uh, I think it was what 2019, maybe, and just came out early and just, you know, I, I remember Adam Thielen on a crossing route, wide open touchdown. I just think, I do think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but it's just going to be by our team. I don't think this, Ooh. I don't think this Cardinals team keeps up. Um, 35-17 Vikings win. We have, we have Chad, Chad Myers, 38-27. Travis Nitzberg, 24-14. Uh, Timothy Slack, 31-20. Wang, uh, 25-24. That's a one-point win for the Vikes. Um, uh, spring, uh, sorry, Spiking Viking, uh, win by three. No score prediction, but win by three. Captain Cocktail, 31-23. Travis Ree <laughs> puts in his score at 55 nothing. We got Brad, <laughs> or Brady Photographer, 12 to 9 Cardinals. You know, if that happens, Brady, if, I'm just if you're be confident in that, nobody played well. <laughs> don't put a correct score on that bid because if, if you're correct on 12 9, like a $5 bet's going to get you like thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. And then Dan Hanneman, 31 27 Vikings. Uh, so a lot of good score predictions out there. We Let's have go, folks. Bo. We have Bo asking me real quick. I'm just going to answer this. Uh, what's my kind of go-to food over at U.S. Bank Stadium for uh, Viking games? Typically, we go with the spicy or the hot Nashville hot chicken sandwich from Revival. And then I, know, I usually go to one of the beer stands for a non-light beer. Um, typically is what I do. So Let's go. Let's go. Well, that is all we have for you guys this evening. Um, it was a fun show. And this time next week, we'll know if the Vikings actually traded for someone. We'll know if our score predictions came true. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I'll still be drinking this purple Kool-Aid, and I hope that you guys all can 
enjoy this season as it's unfolding before us. We're we're almost already halfway through the season. NFL season flies by so fast. So enjoy these games on Sunday. Soak them in. Don't get so angry when things aren't going right. Uh, got a long season ahead of us here. And before I hand it off to Dave here, just a shout out to our sponsor, our other sponsor, that's Badass Wood Art. It's our friend Luis. He's over in Newport, Minnesota. He makes custom wood pieces, and they are absolutely incredible. You can get Vikings pieces. You can get custom-made pieces. I saw a Game of Thrones piece the other week, which was, I, I can't, and Christmas is coming up. The holidays are coming up. You can get anything, anything from him, and you can use our promo code. Uh, it's CT Pocket for 20% off any one item. And that is CT Pocket over on that's badasswoodart.com with Luis. With that being said, thank you to everybody here in the comments. Thank you for the people that came over from the One Bar Show. If you haven't, go over, like our channel, subscribe. We're here every Wednesday, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Skull Vikes. And if you're from our community and haven't watched One Bar in Lupicus, go join One Bar in Lupicus. It's fantastic. They put out a video every day, even if it's just a couple minutes long, guaranteed to make you laugh, especially Lupicus with his trivia. His latest trivia was, did you know that farts travel at seven miles per hour? And then that's where they cut the show. But I can tell you, the government probably gave hundreds of thousands of dollars in grants to find that out. That is one bar in Lepicus. And that's why we love them. They're funny. They're great. And they're football fans like you guys are, like we are. And they have a great time talking about the Vikings. So if you haven't joined them, please go over and do check out their stuff. They do great work. They pimp for a different beer company, but that's okay. And what's happening on Climbing the Pocket is next we have myself and Darren as your two old bloggers doing it for over two decades apiece, commenting on your Minnesota Vikings with the pregame show Saturday at 4 o'clock. We will break down the Arizona Cardinals and see if Kyler Murray can survive the start of the new season of uh, his video game. Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of go. Duty. Modern I, Warfare. I, I, I'll be playing two. it this weekend. So, <laughs> and, uh, Yeah, but you're not playing a game on Sunday. And we'll go from yeah, there. Yeah, and then playing Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> but, and then Sunday, we have our game against the Cardinals. Noon, which is the prime time for Kirk Cousins. Noon on Sunday with... Climbing the pocket will have the final score goes live in the final two minutes. We'll be there. Matt will join me. Jason Brown, the man of renown, will join us as well. Flip can't make it already. He's got travel. I so, may uh, try to join from the stadium if we win. I would love that because we love that. And if anybody wants to join from the stadium, shoot me a message and we can make that happen. You guys should do that. What do we say, guys? Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings! Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and feel free to rate us on your favorite aggregator. A big shout-out goes to our partners, 
The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. To that's badass wood art, when you're looking for something unique to brighten your space. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody!